Flowchat does three things. Number one, find thousands of targeted people. Number two, we're going to pre-write a conversational flow one-way direction to get the results. And then number three, we just send messages. Like that's what the platform does at its core. And it crushes. It's crushed for years. It crushed before it was even online. So it's a proven tech. We've done it with hundreds of businesses and we're just continuing to step on the gas pedal. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Sean Malone. He's a serial entrepreneur and has owned five different businesses. His biggest business success was taking his electronics company from 250,000 to just over 8 million in revenue. Since then, he has helped guide four additional organizations into eight figures. All the battlefield tested methods that he uses are part of the core of Flowchat and the sell by chat system. With his unique get it done mentality and massively supportive team, he stays relentlessly focused on solving the revenue problem for business owners so they can experience the growth and success they deserve. Always revenue, always relevant. I'm so excited to bring Sean onto the episode. So let's jump in and learn more on how he did the 250K to 8 million in that organization. Sean, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast, man. Junaid, first, man, let me just say thank you. I'm humbled and honored to be here and, and chatting with you today. I'm really grateful for what you're doing, the movement, and I know it's impacting a lot of people. So thanks for letting me come and hang out. Dude, I am equally honored to bring you on because we met a few years ago and we've been connected and I just love the growth that you've You've been growing for some time and we're going to get into that, but what you were able to create from the past two years of our meeting together and especially during the pandemic is just is monumental. Yeah, we work hard, right? Uh, there's no doubt about that, but uh, it's also, I mean, being fortuitous and just learning and, and getting to a place where, you know, we have coaches and mentors that have kind of guided us on our path because 
I mean, like when we started, like we didn't know what we didn't know, you know, and I think everybody's in that place. And when you don't know what you don't know, you got to get to a place where you're like, okay, I know a little bit. And then you start getting, doing a little bit of stuff and then you start failing. And then that's where you like, usually people quit at that stage, but it's like, if you have that desire and drive to just keep going and actually achieve something, then you'll get there, you know? So. Amen. Absolutely. So let's get down and dirty. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's start from the beginning, right? Okay. How did, where did Sean Malone hail from? What all motivated you to get to this point? And I, I know there's been different chapters in your life as well. So let's start from the start. You want to go back like, like right when I came out of college or do you want to go back like right when I came online? Those are probably the two. Yeah, questions. let's do the college and then what inspired you to go online? You know, Woo, those are okay. really fun things to know. <laughs> okay, so growing up, I played sports. I uh, played baseball, high level baseball, I played division one baseball in college, had a full ride for it, which was great. And so I was always part of a team sport and I, I kind of learned a little bit about that dynamic and hard work and, and mm-hmm. came out of college and, and there's only one thing that I wanted to do, like any... 21, 22 year old, I wanted to make a boatload of money, right? Yeah, that was it. And so <laughs> I went to the only person that I knew my dad now that had made some money. Now he had a little mm-hmm. import export business with my mom, they were importing some cookware uh, from uh, like three or four different places, South Africa, India, China, and yeah. um, then they were distributing into the United States, North America. And so they had contracts with like Walmarts and, and so, so I saw like a small style, like successful business working. And he was the only guy that had really made any money that I'd known. And so I went to my dad after college and I said, dad, how do I make a boatload of money? And he says, (laughs) in those words, yeah, those are the exact words I said to him. And he goes, well, you got three choices. And I was like, yes, I have choices. This is great. And he says, the first one is, are you a CEO? And of course, I'm this like egotistical 21, 22 year old kid. And I'm like, Mm. I have no idea what those initials even stand for, dad. I'm not that, whatever that Mm. is. I didn't know. And he goes, okay, no problem. Are you an entertainer? And I thought for a second, I thought, "Mm, no, I don't know how to dance or sing or or do any of that. So, and he goes, okay, well, there's one last. And I was like, what's the last choice? He's like, you got to go learn sales. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. So I took that advice and I went and I like researched who made the most sales. I was a sales professional and I found this group called manufacturers representatives. So these are the people that kind of, it's the, I believe it's one of the highest echelons of sales where you're yeah. finding um, people that like are creating raw material and then you're selling them to manufacturers who are then putting them into other things like making them and then can distribute them to other businesses. And so I took a job doing that and I sucked at sales. I was like the worst. <laughs> and when I, when I say that you laugh, mm. but it's, it's, here's, here's the fact. No, Six I years. laugh only because I know I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody that's gone on the path has been there. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. when I started, it was six weeks every day for six weeks, I made 80 plus cold calls. Wow. That's 2,400 cold calls in six weeks. And I never booked an appointment, an appointment. not oh one, God. not one. I'm, I'm in the boat with you because that's where I was. Uh-huh. And so I almost quit. I almost threw in the white flag or the white towel. And, and I called my dad. I'm like, dad, this sales thing, this sucks. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And he was like, well, mm-hmm. don't quit yet because you haven't learned it and you need to go read a book. And I was like, okay. So I went to the library uh, off his advice again. And I found a Tom Hopkins mastering the art of selling stuff book. And I purchased it. I started reading it and that was my first epiphany. I was like, whoa, there's a framework. 
And I'd always been good at frameworks in school and all this other stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, so there's this cool framework that I can use to maybe set appointments. And so I went back on Monday and I picked up my phone and I got to this place where I'm about to set my first appointment. And I had memorized this little line out of the book of how to like set this appointment. And I was about to say this line. And if you've ever tried anything like that for the first time, like I completely froze, the Mm -hmm. sweat beads start coming down my face, the hair stands (laughs) on my back of my neck. And I tried to deliver this line and I completely butchered it. (laughs) <laughs> but I tried it, right? Yeah. The guy on the other end was so cool. He goes, Sean, uh, no, man, you're cool. Like, just, I know what you're trying to do. Come on over a Tuesday. Let's talk. And I was like, oh my God, I did it. Like, <laughs> I was like so excited, right? And I hung up the phone. I was dancing around my office. My boss at the time, his name, Tim, he came around. He's like, Sean, what'd you do? Did you just make a sale? And I looked at him. I was like, no, I just made an appointment. And he goes, oh, get out of here. And he like walks off, right? Like, it's so... <laughs> Uh, but that for me was a complete turning point because I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like I totally messed that up, but I still got the appointment. Like if I got pretty good at that, I could probably set appointments. And so I practiced and I practiced and I started getting good and I started setting appointments like crazy. And the next thing that happens is I get into the sales conversation and I sucked there too. I was like, mm-hmm. how do I do this? How do I get somebody to buy something from me? And then I was like, well, maybe there's more framework. And that's when I discovered selling systems. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. And so I went deep, right? Like I'm a nerd. I yeah. kind of geek out on that stuff like you, you know, with, with whatever you're passionate about. And, and I geeked out and I, I, I dissected 40 different selling systems, like professional selling systems. Wow. And I, I looked at, and it took me a long time. It took me a lot of money, but, but I distilled it down to like all of these systems had like these kind of seven steps in them. And so I distilled that down into a system that I started using. And as soon as I started getting efficient at that, I had my little appointment setting system. I had my little selling system. Mm. And then I went and I took one of the, the companies that I was selling for. I took them from three to $37 million in nine months. Wow. Yeah. From $3 million to $37 million. In less than a year. In less was, than a year. Okay. Yeah. And so okay. I was making crazy amounts of commission dollars mm-hmm. as a young kid I because I had put the time in. And, and I struggled all the way up until like I started hitting that. Yeah. And I, then I started making a lot of money and then I was like, okay, I can like do this. And I thought, well, money is going to be easy for me for the rest of my life. And, and I got a little, <sighs> I got a little bit greedy. Yeah. And at that time I saw the people that I had helped build this business and they were going to the bank, getting these big loans, building, buying bigger buildings. And I was like, I want to do that. Like I'm probably better than those guys. What I thought. Yeah. And so I looked around and I ended up buying a company in Las Vegas. That's how I moved out here um, as electronics manufacturing. So we made Mm. circuit boards for like Raytheon, Boeing, TRW Lucas, uh, um, those types of companies and Mm. Lockheed Martins. And uh, so I bought 47% of this electronics company. We started with seven people. It was only doing about 250,000 a year. And I took my little selling system and my appointment setting system, and I grew that one from 250,000 to 8 million a year in revenue. That took me about three and a half, four years to do. Um, But I got it to a place where it started to print a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, um, I was actually, I'll never forget this. Um, this is like the biggest stumbling block. Like, so if anyone's had a little bit of success, like keep going. And if you yeah. stumble, keep going, right? Like that's oh, it. Yeah. Like, people always ask me, they're like, Sean, what's, what's the, what's the number one thing you could have as a, as a wonderful sales professional? And I said, no, there's three, right? Number one, you got to have conviction. Like if you don't mm-hmm. have conviction in what you sell, like quit or figure out how to become convicted. Number two, you got to have persistence. No matter what, if you fall down, if you can see up, you better get up, like Les Brown says, um, because you got to keep going. And then number three is um, so uh, uh, consistency. You got to continue to knock on doors. You got to continue to do the thing. Um, And so those are the kind of the three traits. And I learned those things. And at that time in my life, 
my my business partner sold that company from behind my back without telling me oh in two God. weeks. I lost over seven figures, mm -hmm. <laughs> like seven. immediately, Clearly, right? Yeah. And it was supposed to be my baby. I was going to buy it out from him. It was like a really bad deal. Put me in a dark spot. Um, started drinking heavily and doing some bad things. And and I'm grateful for that time because I actually ran into my wife. And, mm -hmm. and my wife, Melissa, is like that rock. She's like that bolt of lightning that I was able to grab onto. And she says to me, she says, Sean, stop the drinking. Like, go do something. I was like, okay, what should I do? And she goes, you're good at selling. Go sell something. So at that stage, I was like, okay. So I threw my resume out there. And I took a job selling roofing material of all things, mm. right? <laughs> and I just took these little selling systems and appointment setting systems. Yeah. I put it in the business. I was like, I, I wonder if it'll work here. And I broke all their sales records in the first like, <laughs> couple of months and or mm. like year, whatever, 18 months, first 18 months. And I realized very quickly that roofers are not my people. And mm. so at that stage, I was like, yo, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't want to play this game, right? So I quit there and... It was fortuitous because at the time, Melissa and I were trying to figure out how do we spend more time together? We were trying to, you know, get more serious in a relationship. And so she said to us, she said, well, can we do it online? And I was like, I've always wanted mm. to put stuff online. So this is about seven years ago. And she happened to see this Facebook ad of a little kid walking down a beach, no shirt on. He's like, I just made all this money online. And I was like, of course, like that was the thing. Like, how do you make a whole load of money? Yeah. And I could take my <laughs> shirt off and be on a beach. Like, I was like, if that kid can do it, I can surely do it. Right. Yeah. So we bought into a system. Now, I didn't know marketing at the time. And it's mm -hmm. my first in experience into marketing. And I went down the rabbit hole, ended up buying a thing for 10500 bucks off this kid. And it was a marketing system. And I thought mm -hmm. to myself, well, look, like, I don't know marketing, but I know sales. If you can bring me eyeballs, I can probably convert. And so that's what happened. Um, mm -hmm. This little marketing system, it took us a long time. We had to learn paid ads and do some other things. And then we it was a heartache. We spent lots of money to get there. Um, but then once we learned it and we started to get it to click over and work, paid ads started to bring us eyeballs. I was able to not only convert, but I built a sales army of like 35 yeah. trained, really good people. And I grew this business. Um, that's actually where I met my business partner, Chris. Him and I grew it together. It wasn't just me. I mean, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go mm -hmm. far, go together. Yeah. Um, and so Chris and I have been partners uh, for the past seven years. And... Um, we grew that company really, really fast. We got it to about, uh, we had 500,000 people following us around. It was a network marketing company, by the way. And in our okay. downline directly, we had over about 2,500 people. And and that became a nightmare, right? If you've ever gotten to a network marketing where it's like yeah. a big organization, like, whoa, yeah. right? And uh, so at that stage, here's what happened. They all came back to us and they said, Sean, Chris, your software sucks. We're like, hold on a minute. It's not our software. This little guy on the beach that was making all his money built the thing. Yeah. And they're like, we don't care. Fix it. Right. So <laughs> we're like, oh, Chris and I are looking at each other like, what do we do now? And so uh, we happen to be in the inner circle with Russell. Love Russell Brunson. Mm. Love his family. A dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, we go up on stage and we're presenting in front of the room there. And he says to us, hey, guys, like you, you should meet these software guys. OK, cool. So we meet these software guys. We ended up spending a million dollars in building a software company with them, right? Like that's what happened. And in that first year, um, once we started it, we launched it. Um, we did a million dollars on the front end off a $99 a month sale. And on yeah. the back end, we're selling that $10,000 thing. We were able to do over 12 million in our first year. Wow. And again, the same thing happened. Now we're running a software company and our tribe is even bigger. And mm -hmm. Sean and Chris are not sleeping, working like 22 hours a day. Yeah. Completely burned out. I hit 11 yeah. of the 12 burnouts uh, signals. 
so bad that I'm driving up to see Russell Brunson and I see this humongous oak tree. And I'm like, what if I just turn off the road and I hit the tree and ended it? That's where I was. Wow. Holy smokes. And my wife was in the car and I stopped the car and I like started like getting really emotional tears. I was like, I can't do this. And she's like, we can't do this. And I was like, okay. So we went to the thing and Russell says to us, he goes, yo guys, this is not going to like this advice. Kill your baby. Kill, yeah. What are you talking about, Russell? Kill your baby. Mm -hmm. Like this company's printing money over here, yeah. right? Like yeah. how can we do that? And he goes, it's killing your soul, dude. It might be printing yeah. money, but it's killing your soul. And that moment in my life completely transitioned me to, whoa, fulfillment comes at the soul level, not at the cash flow level. And I was like, that's really interesting. And yeah. so, um, and it was a hard lesson. It took us a year. We ended up selling the software company. And then we're like, what do we do? And uh, my other coach who pulled me out of the burnout, Alex Sharfin, I love that guy dearly. We'll always love him and mm -hmm. his family. He says to me, Sean, what are you good at? What are you guys good at? And we said sales. And he said, guess what? All these online entrepreneurs, they suck at sales. You they should go help. Sales. Yeah. I'm raising so, my hand right here. <laughs> yeah. So we started asking entrepreneurs. We're like, hey, like, do you struggle with selling? And they all said, yes, Sean, I don't want to sell anymore. I don't want to sell anymore. Okay, cool. Here's how to hire on board and train sales teams. Mm -hmm. So we started this high ticket sales agency and we helped these entrepreneurs. We were only serving about five or six at a time. And we installed these entire selling ecosystems and fix the revenue for them very quickly in the first couple of months. But then after about three, four months, the revenue numbers dipped. Mm -hmm. And then these entrepreneurs came back to us and they said, Sean, Chris, thank you for building the sales team. Now I don't have to sell, but now I have anxiety and I can't sleep at night because I have no consistent or predictable way to feed the team that you just built me with opportunity. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we have a system for that. We've been doing it for years. Like here, like take <laughs> this thing and we put it in their business. And every mm -hmm. one of them exploded. And to a level where we're taking companies that were doing like 400,000 a month. Now they're doing 2 million a month. We're taking companies that are like the little like onesie twosies doing like 20, 30 grand a month. Now they're doing 250K a month, like huge growth curves, right? And so we're teaching this through a piece of paper and a spreadsheet. And we're like, this is crazy. What, like, what's happening? We need mm -hmm. to go teach this to more people. And that's where yeah. you and I kind of met a couple of years yeah. ago. We ran into mm -hmm. the same mastermind with Chris Williams. Love Chris Williams. Um, we needed to good. learn. We needed to learn. Right. You love him too, right? Yeah. I've been talking a lot. Like, does this all make sense? Are you still with me? Do you know oh, you like? uh, absolutely. And, and I've, I'm like, holy smokes, you're hitting all the points. You're, <laughs> you're, you're doing all the work that's needed to keep going, right? I really love when you said, um, Les Brown says, if you can see up, get up, right? I was like, whoa, that's, because that's what you see. When you fall down, you, see, well, you don't see the ground. I mean, you see up because you're, you're, you're on your back, so you get up. And I can also hear the motivations. Your, your first motivation was boatload of money, and you were able to achieve that after, you know, the first two years, right? Am, am, I, am I right? Right. And then, wow, it's just been amazing. Like, I can't even imagine what it must have felt like to achieve that kind of success, but then be like, and it's something that Gay, Gay Hendrick says in his book, right? The Big Leap. Our, we are designed to automatically sabotage ourselves. If, you make, if you're successful in one area of life, guess what? Something else is going to get hammered or get slaughtered because we don't have that kind of, oh, I can have it all. What? 
it, it's amazing to, to to hear all that. So thank you, thank you for sharing, oh. and and thank you for you know taking us through the story. So what happened next? Yeah, so so this is where <laughs> I meet Junaid, right? So we end up running with uh, Chris Williams. We we joined his high ticket masterminds where he man, I was grateful to meet you and. Thank you for all the tips that you shared with me and Chris for studio setup because that's so yeah, valuable. Absolutely. And then Chris Williams starts teaching us how to do this one to a small group coaching like mastermind style. And he gives us the tools and we take off with the tools and we started selling a mastermind because we're like, yo, we've got this piece of paper in the spreadsheet that's helped with all of our clients. It was designed by a market problem, not by us. Mm -hmm let's go sell this mastermind and see if we can just teach off this piece of paper and spreadsheet to a small group of people. Well, our first mastermind filled up instantly. I couldn't believe it, right? We, we were able to do, I think we did like a hundred grand in 41 days just from the start, right? With no ads, no pay, no anything, just using our system. And then we started teaching our system. So we used our system to sell our system into a mastermind. And guess what? Like of all the success rates, like the one number that came out of this mastermind, we start teaching out this piece of paper and spreadsheet. And it was a, it was a 90 day program where you learn the whole thing. And then there was nine months of advanced sales training on the back end. So it was a year long mastermind. The first 90 days were intensive bootleg, kind of like get in there, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then the remainder was Q and A and like heavy duty sales coaching. 78% of every person that gone through any of our masterminds, dozens and dozens of businesses, 78% of them started having hockey stick growth. And wow. if you've ever been in any industry and you've looked at like the success of clients, like if you take funnel building or you take whatever other industry and, and you look at like a, what's the percentage of success of clients? Like it's yeah. not usually higher than, you know, like network marketing as an example. Mm -hmm. Three to 7%, three oh, wow. to 7% of people will have success. So that was what was like really hurting my soul when I was in that space because nobody was taking action. Mm -hmm. And then when we got into this world, we saw 78% like, whoa, like that's a huge number. And then Chris and I started having this like guilt complex because we're like, yo, we're <laughs> teaching this crazy stuff off a piece of paper and a spreadsheet. We need some sort of a tech that we can do it with. And that was the birth of what's now called Flowchat. Yeah. And so our system ran into, we were looking for some tech players. Uh, we ran into our CTO. We partnered with him, um, you know, just about 19 months ago, I think now, mm -hmm. uh, 18, 19 months ago. We took his software because he had a software that was, you have to be a programmer to understand how to even run it. Yeah. Um, and we said, look, if you can mold that into kind of like this, we gave him a picture of what we wanted and he did it so quickly and we we're like so impressed. And uh, we said, yes, let's, let's do this. Let's go for it. And we launched the software product and we had 50 businesses go through as our kind of our alpha testers. And then we had another 50 businesses go through it as beta testers. And we worked out like 95% of the bugs and we got it working like perfect. Then we launched it to the public. Happy to report we did a million dollars in our first 14 months. Look at that. So, and the tech roadmap is, is very bright. And I believe Flowchat has the ability to get to nine figures a year in sales. And mm -hmm. so Chris and I are just on a war path to make sure that we can impact more and more and more people because this is the most empowering tech um, in the sales game that, that I've ever come across. It's different than anything else that's out there. And it yeah. has some really, really kick-ass things inside of there that, that I just, I've never seen before in the market. And so that's where we are running a, a we're running Flowchat as a, a software co-founder is what I am now. Yeah. So, man. That story was really powerful. I, I, saw, I saw a ton of parallels. I, taught, I saw a ton of, because I'm always looking at patterns, right? And 
The one thing that's really powerful is who's your mentor? And your father was your mentor. He had already set an example of entrepreneurship in the house. And when you're close to that, guess what? You're going to find success. And yes, it's it's really hard. We all have to do the work. And you you do 2,080 calls, right? Was that your number? Oh, uh, no. It With, was, yeah, 2,400 cold calls without ever 2,400 cold calls with no appointments. Like, that is hard, man. That is freaking hard. That's like Thomas Elva Edison hard because he did how many, right? How many? Uh, so exactly. Thousands, yeah, thousands. Thousands of, of failed experiments, but he didn't call them a failure. He said, hey, this is one way I know it's not going to work. And that's what you found. You know what's interesting all- about Thomas Edison, though? If you actually mm-hmm. look at him, like he holds more U.S. patents than any other inventor on the planet. Yeah. So it's like yeah. those failures turn into things that have changed the world in, in the process. It just in so many, yeah, so many ways. And that's what you're on the board path of doing, too, because you've created this system. You've learned through through 40 different selling systems and found the core that works every single time. And, and you you have the success story to show, you know, taking a company from 250, 3 million to 37 million or 250K to 8 million. Those are success stories that show that the system works. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, right. like, and then the biggest, you know, like the satisfaction, like money's great. Like you'll get to a place where money doesn't really become the main focus anymore and mm-hmm. you start searching for fulfillment yeah and that's you know like there's always a cause behind what we do so flow chat with the water theme we actually fund clean water drinking wells in third world countries with our profits mm-hmm. as well so that's a- another thing that's super fulfilling for me and melissa is, is yeah. a goal of ours is just can providing clean water um to everybody and, and i believe we can end that that little catastrophe piece of earth because it's yeah. only going to take about 20 billion dollars to end world thirst I don't yeah. think we can do it alone, but I know yeah. with people like you and me and superpower entrepreneurs, it's no problem. Like we can get yeah. there. So, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. I love that. Absolutely mind blowing, and and the more I think about it, right? You took those system, created software around it, and this software is so powerful. I've I've seen the glimpse of, of you know as part of the beta, I was part of the system right now, and I haven't learned to actually implement the system because I, deep inside, I'm a tech geek, right? I'm a, I'm a geek. I love tinkering with stuff. And um, the sales experience that I've had was, you know, three months I was cold, doing cold calls, not being able to sell any used laptops. This is 2007, okay? And then the company was like, all right, well, you didn't meet your quota. Uh, here's the door. Damn. Right? There was no concept of mentorship. There was nobody mentoring me. Hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. No, here's the here's a list of phone numbers. Just call them and try to sell them. Nobody's teaching system, and that's the scarcity mindset mm. that that company had. And unfortunately, you know that those are some of the experiences I have, I've gone through. But what I realize is is and this is something that you taught. Sales is love, mm. right? Because what you're trying to do when you're selling something, you're, you are in so much in love with helping people that you have the solution and you want the people to see the light to be able to take that solution and apply in their life so they can be, live better and have fulfillment. A hundred percent, right? And it's kind of the old adage is like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
right? And so taking that philosophy and turning it into how do you make that into a sales conversation? Because yes, Junaid, if I ever needed help with an audio setup or a, you know, like the tech world that you play in that you're a master Mm -hmm. of, I'm coming to you because I know that's who you are and that's what you do and that's what you're really good at. And if you don't know that, then how do you know to come to Junaid? And so that's Mm -hmm. where like the sales thing becomes super interesting, right? So when we're in the sales process, the, the biggest thing to remember is people don't know how much you or they don't know how much you care until they have and they know however I said it, uh, I messed it up this time. But uh, <laughs> but your job is to identify whether or not they have a problem that you can solve with mm. your superpower. Yeah, that's the sales conversation. It doesn't have anything to do with, look, let me tell you how masterful I am on my tech back here or whatever I am. That has nothing to do with sales. Sales has everything to do with, look, my job is to identify if you have a problem that I can solve for you. If yes, great. I can solve it seven days from Sunday. And then you go through a couple of other steps and you get them there. Yep. Man, I love that. Dude, totally mind blown. Thank you so much. And it's been so much fun talking with Sean Malone here, Sean. I'm so excited to jump into the three hacks that you're going to share with the community, with the family, with with me. Like, I want to know these three hacks that I can implement in my business right now. So right after the break, Sean's going to share with us three hacks to take away. We'll be right back. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Welcome back, guys. We've been speaking with Sean Malone, my good friend, over at FloatChat. It's an amazing application. If you actually, you know, I'm just going to leave that. It's an amazing application. Helps you figure out what you need to say to your people, to your audience, to your ideal client yeah Sean tell us a little bit more about flowchat and then we can go into the three hacks to take away yeah flowchat is possibly the most disruptive sales tech that I've ever come across it uh, not hum it's like a kind of a humble brag but it's like Mm -hmm. a real thing and and the big big separator between what we've done and what everyone else has done in the market is we built this tool from a sales brain perspective not a marketing brain perspective. Mm. Let me give context around what that means. Most of the texts that are out there, and the reason we know this is because we bought all the texts, we clicked all the buttons before we built our tool because we weren't even trying to build it. We wanted to buy it. We couldn't find it, so we built it. 
right? And in our process of finding one that we wanted to try to buy, we found that the majority, if not about 99, if not 100% of these businesses were all designed and built by marketing brains, which means in, because we manage direct messaging, like Flowchat is the uh, number one sales tech for direct messenger outreach. So if that's a method that you're using in your business, it might be a perfect fit for you. Come check it out. Uh, just go to flowchat.com, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll leave you some links and stuff as well, Junaid, below. But the the marketing side of the house is their tech. What it does is say, hey, like we're going to send 10,000 friend requests and maybe 10,000 first messages to somebody for you. Just automatically click a button. First and foremost, that actually goes against the terms of service and compliance of every major platform. So that's bad, right? Mm -hmm. As a chance of getting you deplatformed, which is not a good thing. I have stories about that for days. And then secondly, the worst part is, is let's say it works. Let's say you have 10,000 conversations sitting in front of you and you have no systematic way to continue speaking with those people. And so hmm. that's what the marketing hmm. brain tools will do. It sounds like you got a light bulb there. Yeah, Junaid? Oh, yeah. Matters, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so the sales brain, the, the, the flow chat side of the house, we focused on going reverse engineer, right? So we all know that term start at the end, work backwards. So like in our tech, we were like, okay, well, if somebody wants a closed deal, what comes right before a closed deal? Well, that comes usually the second call or maybe even a first call. Okay, cool. So calls are in there. Okay, let's go back again. What happens before the call? You got to have some way of setting an appointment with that person. Okay, cool. So how do you set the appointment? Well, you have to build a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. You have to communicate with them before you can book the call, before you can close the deal. So Flowchat's tech is designed to build that relationship and drive the outcome that you're actually looking for before we even went and found the 10,000 people to start. Yeah. And on the front end of Flowchat, we have this ability, we work on eight platforms. We're about to bring TikTok in as a ninth platform Ooh. where you can use our tech to collect thousands and thousands of highly targeted people, put them in front of this machine and then start clicking buttons and pasting messages and building that relationship with them in an instant. So Flowchat does three things. Number one, find thousands of targeted people. Number two, we're going to pre-write a conversational flow one way direction to get the result. And then number three, we just send messages. Like that's what the platform does at its mm-hmm. core. And it crushes. It's crushed for years. It crushed before it was even online. So it's a proven tech. We've done it with hundreds of businesses and we're just continuing to step on the gas pedal. So that's Flowchat. I love that. I love that. I'm supercharged because I can't wait to get back into it. Sure. Yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be totally fun. Absolutely. All right. So three hacks to take away for the audience. What is somebody looking to build a sales team or they are they're coming from the marketing brain how do they instill that sales brain philosophy so the first tip i would say is uh, again going back to the three characteristics of a, a true one of the best sales professionals is consistency so what is your calendar the first tip is let's look at your calendar and let's put an hour or two hours a day of prospecting time blocked right if you're just starting for yourself that's right If you have a business with a small team, there better be a block of time for that, right? So Mm -hmm. number one, block the time on your calendar, right? Number two, 
we got to consistently use that time to be productive. So what are we doing during that time? Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, two hours, start with one hour, fit through 30 minutes, like fit it into your calendar, whatever you can fit in is where you yeah. should start. Prospecting should always be a big part of your game. But now what we're doing is we're finding five to 10 perfect new potential candidates each and every day. That's the first mm -hmm. like 10 minutes of the time that you do, right? Shouldn't take you that long to do it. Go onto a social, go to your influencer in your space, look through their audience list, see if there's like five or 10, that's all you have to find. And then write those names down on a spreadsheet. You don't have to have Flowchat. This is easy. You can do it without it, right? Yeah. Find those five or 10 people, right? And then, so that's step number two. So number one, time calendar block. Number two, find five to 10 people a day that can use your services. And number three, we need to engage with them. So this is the key. And I'll share a lead magnet with you that will help all of the members listening to this. Nice. But there's four particular things that you need to do in one of your first messages that will completely drive engagement for you. Now, we have a lot of engagement hacks and tips, but this is one of the core that we teach at, at the, the, the principal basic level is here's the four questions. You're going to want to write these down. Why you? Why me? Why this? Why now? Hmm. Why you? Why me? Why this? Why now? In your first message, you need to write a short phrase answer to all four of those things. Why am I talking to you? Hey, I loved your profile. Looks like you're doing a great movement, Junaid. That's why you. Okay. Why me? I'm building a tribe of superpreneurs that want to use a new tech that's going to explode their business. That's why me. Why this? We're, we're groundbreaking. It's very disruptive. It's new in the industry. It's very rare and you might be able to win with it at a very high level. That's why this. And then why now? Prices could increase at any time, mm. right? Now, I'm not going to say that in a first message, but right. again, it's I just want to give the example. So now I have the answer to why you, why me, why this, why now? And then I just say, uh, you know, hey, first name, uh, why you, why me, why this, why now? And then, hey, would you be up for a quick chat? Don't try to book a call on your first message. Yeah. It won't work. Don't try to send a bunch of information in your first message. It won't work. You mm -hmm. need to open or crack the ice or build the relationship first. And here's the stats that you're wanting to remember. So that's tip number three is why you, why me, why this, why now? And here's a bonus one, right? 60% of engagement with a prospect and direct messages comes after four touch points. So if you want to talk to 60% of the people you're talking to, you got to have four touch points. So that could be friend request. Maybe you commented or liked on a couple of their posts. Maybe you send a first message. Two days later, you send a follow-up. That's four touches. That'll drive about 60% of your engagement. Wow. And then 80% of your deals happen after 13 touch points. 80% of deals at 13 touch points. So if you don't have a system that systematically touches a prospect 13 times, you're not gonna be booking as many calls and you're not gonna mm. be closing as many deals. Wow. And that's what Flowchat facilitates. Yep. I love that. Hold on one quick second. All good. <laughs> All right. Wow, those points are amazing. I, I'm taking notes here as well, so <laughs> I so I keep in mind, sure. note taking is so important. And I know you guys might be driving and you gave me a word that I can now use, superpreneurs. Now, you probably know me as Super Junaid. I'm going to call my, my listeners superpreneurs because I love that word. Yeah, use it, man. Take it. It's yours. Awesome. Sure. Awesome. 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 All right. Dude, my mind is totally blown. I, I love this conversation. And I wish you could go on for much longer. <laughs> but I know 
we all we all got to get back. And I know you sitting in the you're probably sitting in the driveway listening to the, the finishing of this episode because I know how engaging this conversation has been. Right? It's it's amazing uh, because I'm when I'm listening to a podcast episode and that's so engaging as this, I have to wait in the driveway because I don't want to break that train of thought and you know keep absorbing. So sure. thank you so much for creating that sensation in this well, episode. You know, Junaid, I mean, like your movement is is superpreneurs, right? Like, and I think if if you're out there listening to this and you haven't built yourself a podcast yet, get with Junaid. Book a call with him right away because not only can he help you get the right tech set up, but like he's got the abilities to help you develop and build out your podcast and win, right? Like there's a lot of people that say they do stuff. Junaid actually does a lot of stuff, right? I've seen him in action and he kicks major ass. So thank you for doing what you're doing and helping the superpreneurs that you help because they need it, right? And so if you're just getting started at a podcast, like definitely connect with Junaid. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. On to the six questions that I like to ask to my, my guests at the end of the podcast. Let's do it. All right, let's do this. Number one, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? So I'm into it now, disc golf. I love right. disc golf. I play every weekend uh, with my wife, Melissa. Her and I compete in a league. I highly wish I had learned about disc golf uh, mm. maybe back in high school or even before then because I... Yeah all the pro disc golfers now are getting these million dollar contracts. And I feel like, man, I, I might've missed that boat. Right. So mm -hmm. that, that's the one thing that I like looking back, I wish I had done, but I was playing other sports. You, so it's fine. But yeah. yeah, you're in it now. I love that. Yeah. Sweet. What did you want to be when you were a child? A professional baseball player. Nice. Um, I, I was good, right? So I was like the 4A player of the year for, for my high school and nice. I had a full ride in college. And then when I got to college and I went to spring training in Arizona and I played against like the Rockies farm team because I went uh -huh. to school in Colorado, yeah. I realized just how not good I was compared <laughs> to all these other dudes and specifically the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans, they are mm -hmm. at another level. And another so level. Oh my at God. that point I was like, Oh my God, like these guys are really good. And I'm, I didn't feel like I was that good. So, but that's what I wanted to be when I grew up as a pro base. I love it. So the, there's a string in there that I, I want to pull, but probably another time. <laughs> Anytime, man. Happy to chat again. So, <laughs> all right. Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Oh man. Um, favorite movie. Um, I would probably say <laughs> you're going to laugh twister, right? Like I was like oh way back from the day. Like I don't watch movies, but so like when I remember when I used to watch movies, that was one of my Patrick, favorites. Like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Such a ridiculous, but yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. I like, I like the Transformers series. I think those are cool too. Um, and then the one with the T virus and I can't remember the name of it, but the, the, it's like the, almost the zombie type movie too. So I like oh, that was, uh, that was world war Z with, um, Brad Pitt. Yep, was that, that one was really good too. Yeah. I watched that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, thank God we don't have zombies like that. No doubt, right? No, the one with Mila Jovovich, right? That she went oh, underground, okay. and I don't remember what that one's called. Oh, Resident Evil. That one. Now the whole series of Resident Evil was a. That's probably my. I'd say my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it's that is epic, and um, I think they're they're making a TV show or a TV show out of it because I know it was a video game. They made a movie, and now they're doing something else with it. It's it's insane how how. Amazing that 
entire series went. Yeah. And then there's a couple of other books that I, I read a lot. So um, there's a couple of other books that I'll share. Flip the Script by Oren Claff. He mm. wrote that book. Uh, it's a very interesting read. He's a deal maker at the biggest level. He talks about how he sold to like Russian oligarchs and some other really cool stories. He also wrote the book called Pitch Anything. So that's another really nice. good book by Oren Claff. And then, uh, yeah, let's see. I don't know. There, I could list book after book after book. The Challenger Sale is a good one. Um, the Average Sucks by Michael Burnoff is a good I, I, I could go on for days on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just want one book. Flip the script by Warren Clapp. Yeah. Awesome. We'll list, list these books down in the show notes as well. Next question. This is a fun one. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Um, Top Gun. I was think. I why was I thinking the same movie? Because I, I was know. like, that's awesome, dude! I want to fly jets. That sounds fun. No, me too. I would love to fly jets, especially the latest one. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't. I want to badly. Freaking epic! Is it? it? I've watched all the like reviews and interviews and all the stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. I got to go watch that movie. Yeah, yeah you guys see it. Our right, next question: Who's your favorite superhero? Yeah, I'm an oldie but a goodie. Superman. Superman. Yeah. It was, it was a toss up between Superman and Batman, but I just feel like Superman, he's just that much more heroic to me. So, yeah. Nice. A lot of people pick Batman because they feel like we're all human and his superpower was, you know, just having a lot of money. Yeah. So that's and not really a superpower then. You can, anybody can have a lot of money. You just got to go earn exactly. it. Right. So, yeah, keep it. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? <laughs> well, immediate thought goes to like shoots and ladders, but then okay. I, I think shoots and ladders or uh, checkers or chess, probably just the classics. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I like all of those games. They are, you know, it's, it's all the luck of the draw. And then what, would, strategy you, what would you be if you could be a board game? June 8th? Oh. I'd be a really bored game. <laughs> no, I think I think a lot. I've, I've heard a lot of different ones like Life, Monopoly, and I'd probably be Life because I'm I'm literally going through life one one phase of my life at a time, but then also mixing it up. It's it's been pretty pretty fun all along. I try to not think about the regrets because they helped me build on top of what I've come to be. Yeah. Learning lessons, right? Not regrets. Yes. Just learning exactly. lessons. Exactly. So. Sean, it was so much fun talking with you. Where can my audience find you? Yeah, you can just go uh, find me right on Facebook or you can even come and check out our uh, Flowchat Facebook group if you want to learn a little bit more about that and just go to uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash flow chat um, and Junaid I'll have send you some links so you can just drop them awesome. in the notes below um, so they'll be easy for your listeners to just click absolutely well thank you so much again Sean I wish you a really amazing year and cannot wait for those nine figure growth for flow chat Talk yeah, to me soon. too. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, um, we're we're on a warpath, so I'm excited to continue making impact and helping uh, other businesses grow. Fantastic. All right, take care. Bye for now. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. 
You can find additional information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.